He starts teaching. So this, I would call this the preparation for the final restoration. He was occupying and teaching in the temple, restoring the people's relationship with God. He was focused on that restoration of the worship of God for his people. He was doing what the Jewish leaders should have been doing. He cleaned out the temple, then restored right teaching to the people about communing with God. And Jesus was with the people. Remember all of those different situations with the temple? God dwells with his people? Well, Jesus is with his people. You see, God desires to be with us. Jesus was with his people. God dwells with his people. This is the same restoration the temple had gone through previously. God is calling his people back to himself. Jesus was preaching the gospel, restoring the temple in, pur- in purpose and preparation for the coming sacrifice. The coming sacrifice, well, say what? Remember that system that God had set up? The atoning sacrifice? That ordinance that was important in the restoration of the people to God? Jesus was preaching the gospel, restoring the temple in purpose and preparation for the coming sacrifice. A atoning sacrifice that would be needed to restore the connection between God and mankind. As we prepare for Easter, and next week I'm sure this will be preached about, but Jesus, later in the Easter week, becomes that sacrifice when he is rejected and crucified. So what is he doing, that point two? He's preparing for the final restoration. This is the last time the temple is going to be restored. And it's going to be for eternity. Number three, our response. We either have a a chance to reject. We're faced with a choice. The Jewish leaders were faced with the same choice. You see, 55 messianic prophecies fulfilled by Jesus. These people spend their entire lives studying the Old Testament. Many of them, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure they actually had to have it memorized. Memorized the entire Torah, the entire Old Testament, all of the prophecies, 55 prophecies Jesus fulfills. You think they would have seen at least one. What was the Jewish leader's response to Jesus' actions? Well, they didn't like that they, he punted them out of the temple. He didn't like that they were, he was constantly calling them hypocrites. You see, Jesus looked at their position, their standing, and, and they were high-ranking officials. They were um, you know, held in honor by the people. You know what? Jesus didn't really care. He looked at them and said, Hypocrites! And not only that, he pushed them out of the temple and said, You're not worthy to be here. He put on display their inability to be what they thought they were. He put it on display for the people. I'm sure that didn't make him very happy. They thought they were the conduit for people to God. 
They had elevated themselves in importance without the discipline of understanding their place before God. I'm going to just underline that sentence right there. They didn't understand the importance of the discipline of understanding their place before God. The discipline of understanding their place before God. The reality was they had corrupted their purpose and lost sight of what they were intended to do. They got obsessed with their own importance and glorification. They had forgotten why mankind was created in the first place in the Garden of Eden. Guess what? It wasn't for them. It was for God. God was sovereignly at the center of mankind's creation. God desires to be with his people. God does dwells with his people. We can clearly see this through the many times God drew his people back to himself before finally sending his son. If you read through the different parables, Jesus even talks about it. He has a parable where he says, yeah, I sent this prophet, I sent this prophet, I sent this prophet. Now I'm going to send my son. And what are you going to do? You're going to kill him. They cared more about themselves and how they were viewed by others. 55 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in the Old Testament. The Jewish leaders would have been very familiar with these passages, as many of them would have the whole Old Testament memorized. We can have head knowledge, and I fall into this category all the time. We can have head knowledge about Jesus, about God, but we can miss what is blatantly staring us in the face. Why do you think they missed Jesus as Messiah? Why do you think that is? I got a few guesses on my part. I can only, you know, suppose what those are. Looking at my own life, I can see the things that I do and kind of maybe put that on them. Why do you think they miss these facts? Well, for me, self-importance. They just looked at themselves and said, man, I'm super important. Self-centeredness. Self-assuredness. They thought that they were the ticket. Self-deception. The Jewish leadership was so focused on their own importance that they missed the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecy. It's probably the thing that they were all looking for throughout the entire scope of Israel's history, and they missed it. Why? They were too focused on themselves. This is why Jesus wept before entering the city during the triumphal entry. The Jewish leaders with all their power, all their money, all their intelligence, all their influence, they could not see nor accept Jesus as Savior because it would require them to bring themselves to low standing. It would require them to escape their own self-deception and return to proper worship of God. They would have to give every worldly gain. They would have to give it up to serve him. A humble carpenter. Who's that Jesus guy? What? I know Joseph. He's a carpenter. He built my table. They couldn't let it go. In conclusion, I want to go back to the the historical and present context of the temple. God longs to dwell with his people. Jesus is God with his people. 
God again dwells with his people. And for a short time in the temple, God, Jesus, was king of the temple. But there needed to be a sacrifice, an atoning price to pay. And Jesus' perfect life and death on the cross was the ultimate atoning sacrifice. Paid the price for mankind forever. So Jesus is the atoning sacrifice, restoring that relationship between God and man, rebuilding that temple. But what does the temple look like? Well, it's us. The temple is no longer talking about a building. The purpose is still God dwelling with his people in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Let me just open up my app here and we'll read that together. It says, Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God. You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So to glorify God in your body. You are the temple. And there's something weird going on with the translation of you here. It's actually kind of got a dual meaning. It actually would be more like a a, a cowboy saying like, y'all. Because when he says you here, it's actually translated as you as the individual, but also corporately. So if you want to remember that, it should be translated, y'all are the temple of God. It's a community, the body of Christ. The church has teamwork, cooperation, unity. presence of God. Christians are the temple. Through us, God reaches the world. As we move, God moves. We take God wherever we go. We have God here in in community together. So let's just think about entering the celebration of Easter week. Welcome Jesus to clean the temple. The first act of the Messianic King was to clear the temple. As we go into this week, you are the temple where God dwells. You are the temple where God dwells. Your body, mind, spirit are where the Lord can reunite with you personally, restoring the relationship of humankind like we had in the garden at the beginning. Will you let him reign as king over your temple? That being the body of believers here at Evangelical Free Church in Wainwright. That being you personally. Will you let him touch your heart? Will you allow him to clean out the parts of your life that require cleaning so that you can be restored in your relationship with God? Will you acknowledge a change needs to be made? 
Jesus and the Jewish leadership refused to recognize the authority of Jesus in the temple. Do not repeat their mistake. Let me just read that one more time because it's so important. The Pharisees and the Jewish leadership, they knew the prophecy. They read, they memorized God's word. They knew it up here. They refused to recognize the authority of Jesus over the temple. Do not repeat their mistake. What was their mistake? Self-importance. Who is the most important? You or God? Do not buy the lies of culture. It is not you. Jesus cleared the temple to restore the relationship between God and man. He was restoring the correct perspective with which we are to view God. Self-centeredness. Who do you build your life around? Is it you or is it God? Self-assuredness. We need to get sometimes we need to get sometimes down on our knees and just ask God, God, where am I at with you? Self-deceit. Man, I suffer from this one so bad. So incredibly bad. I can convince myself that I am able to write my relationship with God by living good, doing these things. No, no. That is not right. It's only through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ that I am saved by grace so that I can stand before God and He he calls me a child of God. Finally, in closing, a call for repentance. Matthew 4.17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's see what else Jesus had to say. Luke 5.13 says, I have not come to the righteous, or I have not come to call the righteous, but I have called the sinners to repentance. Let's see what else Jesus has to say. Matthew 4.17 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, repent, repent. Last one, Luke 13, verse 3. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repent, repent, repent. Not something we like to hear. But what does repentance mean? Repentance is, I had someone describe it to me, like, you're walking this direction? Repentance is... That, that's what repentance is. It's a quick, decisive turnaround and go the opposite direction. Let us allow God to restore us in our relationship with him. As we celebrate Easter, let's take some time to reflect, God, what is my, what's the state of my temple? We must first recognize in ourselves our place and our standing before God. Sometimes that requires us to break free of our own self-deception, myself included. We are God's new temple. God dwells with his people and through us. We must take the good news of Easter to those who would hear it. We must keep our relationship centered on true worship of God. Pastor Marvin, while he's been here, you guys are familiar with this, in, out, and up. Right? 
my dad tells me about it all the time. Like, give me a nod. You guys are familiar with this thought, right? In. Out to the world in reverence to God. Right? We must keep our relationship centered on true worship of God. Let's close in prayer. God, thank you so much, God, for, for Easter. God, I know we celebrate Christmas, but Easter is kind of where it's at. God, you died on the cross. You were the atoning sacrifice. You came and you cleared the temple. God, you show us your heart. You desire to dwell with your people. Would you come here today if there is anyone who needs to confess anything to you in order to restore their relationship with God? I would ask, God, please lay it on us. Show us what we need to confess. Show us what we need to do to restore our relationship with you. God, may we get down on our knees and restore our relationship with you. Humbly before our God. God, that is your throne, not our throne. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. For the sacrifice you gave to us in your son when we rejected all the prophets that came. God, thank you that you sent him. Even though we, we, our ancestors ended up killing him, God, he is the perfect atoning sacrifice. That we are covered in that blood. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can be called children of God. Amen? Amen.